You're listening to Hometown, a podcast by Episcopal Migration Ministries, the Refugee Resettlement and Migration Ministry of the Episcopal Church. Here on Hometown, we seek to build a community of welcome by sharing interviews, stories, and actions that you can take to advocate for our newest neighbors. Thank you for being with us. Hi, I'm Stephanie Whitehouse, the Program Assistant for EMM's new Neighbor to Neighbor program. Today's episode features a conversation with Father Chris McNabb, the Program Manager of EMM's new Neighbor to Neighbor program initiative, to discuss the beginnings of this program and also how it brings communities together in a ministry of welcome, inviting faith communities to join together in a community sponsorship effort to welcome our newest neighbors. Father Chris McNabb is an Episcopal priest who's been called to the work as Program Manager of Neighbor to Neighbor, a program of Episcopal Migration Ministries. He graduated from Princeton Theological Seminary with a Master's in Divinity and earned his diploma in Anglican Studies from the General Theological Seminary. Prior to his role with EMM, he served as the Curate for Caritas, Justice, and Healing at Trinity Church in Princeton, New Jersey, and was the priest in charge of St. Francis Episcopal Church on the South Shore of Long Island. When not working, Chris enjoys hiking, camping, and hanging out with his dog, Lucky. Thank you so much, Father Chris McNabb, for being with me today. I'm very excited to talk with you about this new initiative. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. So, first question, how did Neighbor to Neighbor start, and how will it continue to positively impact faith communities in their work of welcoming our newest neighbors? Absolutely. So Neighbor to Neighbor began with the courageous actions of Christina Rathbone, an Episcopal priest who served as the border chaplain between El Paso, Texas and Juarez, Mexico. And she did the hard work of accompanying asylum seekers who were waiting entry into the United States. And as years went on, she realized that all these asylum seekers throughout the country would reach out to her and say, hey, can you help me get my kids enrolled in school or hey, can you help me figure out how to sign up for this particular program or this particular resource? And she realized she didn't have the connections nationwide to do that. And so she contacted Episcopal Migration Ministries, who eventually, working together with Christina, formed Neighbor to Neighbor, which is aimed at creating an entire nationwide Episcopal church-wide network of churches, faith communities that are doing the hard work of sponsoring asylum seekers. And so our job, my job as the program manager, is to train up these congregations to do this important work. And the ways that it positively impacts faith communities is that they get to have the incredible privilege of walking with asylum seekers while having the opportunity to transform their lives as they begin anew in the United States. That's awesome, Chris. Thank you for sharing that. So currently, how many people do we have involved in this work so far? It's a great question. So it's hard to say. We have three churches that have been matched. Um, and But within that, there are so many people who are peripherally connected. So there's certainly the original committee of folks at each congregation But then there's all sorts of volunteers throughout the Episcopal Church, that local congregation, who are doing the the wonderful work of driving people to appointments and taking people to doctor's appointments or 
getting the kids to school or getting the, the adults enrolled in ESL classes. So there's really, it would be hard to give a specific number of Episcopalians who are doing this work um, because there's just, it's such a church-wide effort, um, which is really part of what's so exciting is that people can really engage in whatever way they're able to based on their own schedules. Yeah, it sounds like this really doesn't happen in a vacuum and that we need a lot of um, partnership and community support to make this happen. So is this is this kind of something that congregations can take on fairly easily? This is absolutely something that congregations can take on. And that's the specific invitation is if you are a congregation or a faith community in the Episcopal Church or in another denomination and you feel called to accompany asylum seekers or newly arriving Afghans, please go to our website, fill out that initial interest form, um, which will trigger an opportunity to schedule a initial interest conversation with me as the program manager. And we can talk through what resources you'll need, what, uh, what the opportunities are, and the ways in which you can get involved. That's great. I love that this is a very ecumenical um interwoven program that people can be a part of no matter where they are or what they're doing. Absolutely. We say it's an all hands on deck kind of operation. Absolutely. So in the Episcopal Church, we do talk a lot about becoming beloved community. So what does beloved community mean to you? And then what do you think it means to build beloved community through neighbor to neighbor in a way that is equitable and just for all involved? It's a great question. So certainly Bishop Curry has done a wonderful job of, of inspiring us to become that beloved community. For me, what comes to mind is St. Augustine talks about the city of God versus the city of man. And what I think he's getting at is this notion that we have the possibility to, to literally be heaven on earth, but we so often settle for mediocrity. And I think what Bishop Curry is inviting us to, what St. Augustine was inviting us to, and countless saints and prophets have invited us to in the intervening years between Bishop Augustine and, and Bishop Curry, is really this opportunity to live our faith out loud. So I think for me, neighbor to neighbor is really about creating community that God would recognize. Greg Boyle is a Jesuit priest who works with gang members in Los Angeles. And he often says that our goal is to build communities of kinship such that God might recognize them. And that's the goal is to recognize that there is no separation between me and the asylum seeker, between me and the newly arriving Afghan, that somehow spiritually we are able to acknowledge our shared humanity and those things that separate us fall away and those things that connect us are able to really be the the synapses that connect us to other humans i think that's what bishop curry is getting at i think that's what augustine was getting at in becoming beloved community and building the city of god i think that's so true and i think as we as synapses in our communities have this power to contribute even in ways that aren't necessarily uh, monetarily based. They can be volunteer mm -hmm. effort. 
Um, but though I will say a lot of this work seems to be focused on sponsorship and community sponsorship circles, which is a collaboration mm -hmm. with the community sponsorship hub and other mm -hmm. organizations. So can you tell us a bit about what that means for us as lay people participating in this work who want to get involved as a sponsor circle? Absolutely. So within neighbor to neighbor, we have two tracks. Track one works with asylum seekers. Track two works with newly arriving Afghans. And as you mentioned, the track two program connects and works with the community sponsorship hub through a newly created program called the sponsor circles. And so congregations are invited to sign up for track one or track two. It's both the same process to go to our website, fill out that initial interest form, which will create an opportunity to schedule a meeting with me as the program manager. And in that conversation, we'll determine, you know, okay, you feel really called and led to work with Afghans. Wonderful. Let's do that. But maybe what we find out is there's actually an asylum seeker who really could do well in your local community. And so we may have a conversation around, would you be open to other possibilities, other ways to work? Because right now, certainly the situation with Afghans is very much in the news, but there will be other populations in the future who will need help, who may not be from Afghanistan, who may be from some other country. And so our work with within Neighbor to Neighbor is to respond to the situation at hand. And that's why we have that two-track system so that folks can feel invited and encouraged to respond, both how they feel called by God, but also how the community is calling us to respond to the, the migratory crises that may exist at the particular time. Absolutely. I think that offers a lot of flexibility in terms of being able to cater to what's going on right now and then what is mm -hmm. has always been there and the support we need to continually give. So with that in exactly. mind, yes, what would be your favorite part of the work so far that you've been, been building up and working on? Totally. So I think my favorite part is really the opportunity to work with Episcopalians to live their faith out loud. And then at the same time, I have the privilege of helping connect asylum seekers to begin, asylum seekers and Afghans to begin their life here. Um, what an incredible opportunity, right, to do, to really help Episcopalians live out this call that I think all of us are called to do, to, to live our faith out loud, to put, our, to put our faith into actions, and at the same time, also help transform the lives of, of newly arriving folks to the United States. Um, I think that combination has really has been really cool, and I'm looking forward to more Episcopal churches and and all sorts of faith communities signing up and saying, "Yeah, we're we're interested in doing this work. We believe this is where God's calling us." That's awesome. Thank you. You talk a little bit about living your faith out loud, and so why specifically is it important to you and your faith journey that we we do this work? Yeah. So I was, I grew up Roman Catholic and was part of a, a super progressive uh, Catholic church that did some incredible stuff for folks on the margins. And I saw firsthand the ways in which the church can live out their faith in profound ways and the ways that that actually inspires us, connects us deeper to God and, and closer to one another. And I think sometimes the Episcopal church gets a little afraid and we let fear take over. And this is really an opportunity to listen to Jesus when he says in the gospels, do not be afraid. We hear that phrase over and over again. And I think the reason 
we hear it so often is that God knows we need to be reminded. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to listen to the 24-hour news that goes on and on <laughs> telling us all the things that are wrong in the world. But if we crack open our Bibles and we sit still long enough to listen to that still, small voice of God, we begin stepping out in courage. And I think that is what people will look to and go, oh, that's, that's the Episcopal Church. That's the one who loves asylum seekers. That's the one who loves refugees. That's the one who loves our unhoused brothers and sisters and, and all sorts of folks on the margins. And I think all of us at different points in our lives have felt ostracized or alienated mm -hmm. for one reason or another. And I think if as Episcopalians, as people of faith, if we can tap into that place, there's times when we have felt other and we can acknowledge and really feel that and then it, remind ourselves that that's what it feels like all the time to be an immigrant, not knowing the language, not knowing the food, the customs, the culture. And if in those moments we can connect that that longing to belong within ourselves and that desire to belong that exists with asylum seekers and newly arriving Afghans, that's the magic. And we begin to connect there, not, oh, I'm an Episcopalian and I have some resources mm -hmm. and you're an asylum seeker and you need help, mm -hmm. but no, I'm a human being who knows what it feels like to be on the outside. Mm -hmm. And you're new here. And so because you're new here and because I know what it feels like to be on the outside, let's find home together. And that's church. Amen. And that's why I support this work. Amen. Yes to that. And I, I love the cool thing about how it's being phrased right now is community sponsorship. It really is on the ground networks of people coming together to lift other people up. And I think with the division and with feel, feeling other in different communities and different places, we have this sort of fear about, you know, it, it's a, um, it, it kind of makes us freeze a little bit. How do we help? How do we help without um, feeling like we're being a charity giver instead mm -hmm. of a co-collaborator? And what would mm -hmm. you say to people maybe feeling hesitant about this work because they either don't know where to start or they feel like they might do something wrong or they, you know, they might get it wrong or, you know, they they want to feel like they're doing something bigger than something that's just a, a symbolic gesture. Totally. So first things first is you're going to get something wrong. <laughs> that's just this work. You know, um, this is, it is hard work to welcome an asylum seeker. Um, it is refugee resettlement is hard work. There's no way around it. Um, there will be mistakes. There will be mishaps. There will be things that go awry. And the real gift is that, you're not in this work alone. So we will have a training module that you'll go through. We'll have monthly calls called communities of practice where you'll have opportunities to gather with other people who are doing this work to learn from them, to problem solve, to think through issues. And you have me as the program manager in your corner the whole time, sort of, you know, as your cheerleader and your chaplain saying, okay, what can I do to help? Okay, how can I be how can I be of service in this particular time? And so I would say 
if you're thinking about it, take that first step of having the initial interest conversation with me. Fill out that initial interest form, schedule that initial interest conversation, and we can talk through what your fears are and what your concerns are. And I think sometimes it feels like a drop in the bucket. It feels like, well, there's so many asylum seekers. There's so many people who need a sponsor. Why Why now? Why start? It's not worth it. And, you know, here I think Mother Teresa is really helpful. She says, just start with the one in front of you. Mm-hmm. Start with the person in front of you. Love them well. And God does the rest. Mm-hmm. I think when Christina started this work, I don't know if she had any idea of where we would be at this point. And I have no idea where we're going to be in a few years. But I believe in the goodness of God that if we show up each and every day and do the best we can, that the Holy Spirit fills in the details. Yes, absolutely. So if I am that that listener or someone who is really <laughs> thinking about this and I and I'm, you know, I'm afraid, but I'm showing up. Um, how can I get involved with neighbor to neighbor? If we're talking action steps, what is my next most step and the step after that? You know, just in case I'm a I'm a pre planner. Sure, sure. So I love a good pre planner. Um, so <laughs> Go to the Episcopal Migration Ministries website, um, and then under our work, you hit the drop-down menu, and you'll see Neighbor to Neighbor. Click on that link, um, and you'll be taken to our webpage where there are some resources that you can look through. Um, you'll have an opportunity to fill out the initial interest form, and then there's a little link for, via a Calendly app to schedule a, a meeting with me, and just bring your questions from that um, to that to that individual conversation that we'll have. And I also say, start talking among people in your congregation who are interested in doing this work. Um, this is not a solo project. Mm-hmm. We would, we look for at least a team of five to eight people um, as the core team with two co-facilitators of that committee. So start talking to your friends, your colleagues at the church and say, Hey, maybe have you ever thought about doing this work? Have you ever felt like maybe the spirit was stirring in this way? Um, And that will really help start sort of getting the creative juices flowing as it was, as it were. Well, thank you so much for starting this conversation and the conversation that we've been able to have. Um, Father Chris, I really appreciate it. And if you don't mind, can you please lead us um, in prayer as we go forth in this important work? Absolutely. Let us remember that we are in the holy presence of our God. God of gracious welcome, we imagine you welcoming all these asylum seekers, and we hope that we have that same courage. Allow us to be bold in our faith, to welcome newly arriving individuals to our country, into our churches, into our lives. When we are afraid, give us courage. When we have doubts, faith. If we're stuck and not sure if we feel called to this work, give us clarity and discernment. 
We pray especially for each and every asylum seeker who is trying to call this country their home. For each newly arriving Afghan and all those who have come together to support them. Pour out your abundant blessings and grace upon us in this time. Allow your light to shine forth as we build communities of kinship such that you might recognize them. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. That is great. Well, I hope all the listeners today, they can check out the website. It is uh, episcopalmigrationministries.org slash neighbor to neighbor. And if you go there, you'll see a green link that says to schedule with Chris. Definitely click on that and then we can get the conversation started. And I'm thank you so much, Father Chris McNabb, for speaking with me today and sharing the absolute amazing vision of this program and for the invitation to have us all get involved in whatever capacity we can. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity, for the support, and thanks for all those listeners who are praying about this possibility. Can't wait to meet you in those initial interest conversations and God bless. Listeners, thank you for joining us for today's episode. For more resources and opportunities to get involved with Episcopal Migration Ministries, be sure to visit EpiscopalMigrationMinistries.org. You may also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we are EMM Refugees. To stay up to date on all new episodes, make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or SoundCloud. This critical work in ministry would not be possible without listeners and supporters like you. To continue to support the Ministry of Welcome, you can make a gift to Episcopal Migration Ministries. With your help, we will continue to welcome and resettle refugees in communities across the country, offer support to asylum seekers, and create beloved community for all of our immigrant siblings. Visit EpiscopalMigrationMinistries.org forward slash give or text hometown to 91999. Our theme song composer is Abraham Mawenda Ikondo. Find his music at abrahamawenda.bandcamp.com. Until next time, peace be with you and with all those you consider home.